Cascadia and the edge of the world, Euphomet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry. Good evening. You are listening to Night Drift presented by Euphomet and I'm Jim Perry. Coming to you tonight from my home studio in the hinterlands of the Oregon coast to the mothership. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW in Seattle, and of course, streaming worldwide at nightdrift.com. Thank you for listening. Tonight, filmmaker Darcy Weir, having made many films about paranormal phenomena, tonight we'll chat about those and discuss his new film on crypto, a topic in which he aims to demystify for the masses. Maybe he can start with demystifying it for me and dig into our relationship with the reality of currency and digital lives. Money moves all things. Is this the engine that makes an alternate meta reality possible? That's what I'm wondering. Darcy has made films on Sasquatch, Men in Black, Triangular UFOs, Crop Circles, and so much more. We'll make sure to dig into as much of that as possible tonight. As this program is live on Sunday, July 3rd, I want to, of course, wish you a happy 4th of July here in the United States and a happy UFO day. The holiday occurred yesterday and is in honor of the summer of the saucers. It was during this very month in 1947, something very strange was going on. Thousands of UFO reports led to a full-blown mass media hysteria with government officials even corroborating publicly to the press the strange object's existence, some of which reportedly crashed, one of which in Corona, New Mexico, later officials denying the legitimacy of these events, these lights, these reports, and it makes wonder, wonder how much has really changed in the 75 years since. This too is all debatable, but the experiencer report must be taken seriously, and this week almost as if in an ode to the summer of the saucers. Strange lights off San Diego coast have locals talking to social media. This in from ABC News this week. Residents in the San Diego area took to social media after mysterious lights were spotted in the sky just off the coast Monday night with no clear indication of what these lights in San Diego could be, dozens began posting photos and videos on Twitter questioning what was happening in their night sky. The posts offered several possible sources for the unusual lights, including UFOs or drones from the Imperial Beach Police Department, which is planning a drone light show for the 4th of July. However, the IBPD did not claim the lights as their own. The San Diego Police Department told ABC News on Tuesday morning that the mysterious lights were actually flares being used for military exercises. Now, what's going to be really interesting is when San, San Diegans, is that right? Is that an Anchorman joke? I can't remember. If, if they're watching this drone show from the Imperial Beach Police Department, this 4th of July drone show, and they say, yeah, that's exactly what we saw, or not. It'll be interesting. Anyway, while nearby, Naval Air Station North Island and Camp Pendleton both said that they did not know what the lights were. The SDPD said that the lights had been confirmed to them by military officials as being used for exercises. So a little bit of, they said this, we heard this, we don't know. It's getting all very confusing very quickly. Gabe Gunlock, a Mission Hills resident, took to Twitter with a video of the lights. Anyway, if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can find the link in the show notes. Gunlock told ABC News that he did a double take around 9 p.m. on Monday night, noticing strange bright lights far off the coast. He explained that he lives right near the airport in the area, so there are always planes and lights near his home. However, he said there was something different about the lights he saw off the coast. At 9.55 p.m., Gunlock tweeted, Multiple flighting, floating lights over the ocean. Very still, very bright, orange-reddish light. Patterns of 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, alongside a video of distant 
blinking lights. Gunlock said that his Twitter post quickly gained views with other San Diego locals acknowledging the lights and wondering what they were. It was a super crazy night. Super fun to connect with San Diego, Gunlock told ABC News. Gunlock added that his post now has over 100,000 impressions on Twitter. I'm sure it's much, much more now. And, and after the Euphemet bump, oh my gosh, we're talking about dozens of extra impressions on Twitter. All I wanted to know is what's going on, he said. It had to be miles and miles off the coast. It was burning extremely bright when Gunlock heard that the lights were from military exercises. He said that it made sense that they weren't from the airport, especially because they were so strikingly bright. Now, you know, you can report a sighting right now. You can give us a call at 888-298-5569. We're all reflecting on 1947, when in 2022, this is still occurring just as much, if not more than ever. Still controversial, half-truths. It's as if a hidden world is right in front of us. What are your thoughts? Have you experienced anything strange lately? Share what you think. Share your story. You can email me at jim at euphemet.com and use Night Drift on Twitter. And you can always call us right now and share your story, 888-298-5569. I'm Jim Perry. This is Night Drift. And we'll be right back. Follow Night Drift with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes. Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim. Earlier this week, they found two new craters on the moon and discovered a new mystery. This from New York Times. Tediously searching through imagery from a NASA spacecraft, researchers found where a discarded stage of a forgotten rocket crashed in March, but other questions remain. 
After months of scrutinizing photographs of the lunar surface, scientists have finally found the crash site of a forgotten rocket stage that struck the far side of the moon in March. They still do not know for sure which rocket the wayward debris originated from, and they are perplexed about why the impact excavated two craters and not just one. I'm Jim Perry. Welcome back to Night Drift. Our guest tonight, Darcy Weir, is a documentary filmmaker who has chosen to work on some of the most fascinating esoteric subjects that are discussed today. He has completed over 10 feature-length documentaries, which are all available through Tubi TV and Amazon Prime. He recently completed a new documentary based on the history of Bitcoin to date, as well as the nebulous cryptocurrency market. From Main Street to Wall Street, he spoke to industry professionals who are working in different areas of crypto business using comedy. Each chapter is designed to give educational information in an engaging and easy-to-understand way. Topics include blockchain, Bitcoin, a history of currency, smart contracts, NFTs, DEFI, crypto gaming, metaverse, and the future. They aim to demystify the crypto world for the masses. The title of the film is The Bitcoin Field Guide, Understanding Cryptocurrency. Darcy, welcome to Night Drift, my friend. Jim, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Hey, listen, where are you coming to us from tonight? Uh, Vancouver. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so the, the, the same side of the continent. We're only hours apart from each other. Uh, I, I believe you're probably enjoying some rain up there today. While here on the Oregon coast, I'm enjoying sun. Incredible. You're Who lucky. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. We're, ca we're Cascadian cousins. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, it's a pleasure to speak with you tonight. It's going to be really fun. We're going to dig into your new film. But I, I think, firstly, before we get into that, I'd, I'd love your take real quick on this. You know, there was this San Diego mass sighting earlier in the week. It has, to me, many shades of 1947. Uh, what do you think we could learn from those events that happened 75 years ago that could, I don't know, help people seeing this stuff today? Um, you know, that's a good question because a lot of people, we're living in a mostly millennial populated age, I'd say. The, the, mm. the baby boomers that really brought that 1947 Roswell story to the forefront, um, they're kind of disappearing now. Yeah. You know? And uh, Roswell is important. It's really the the major event that happened and it was the starting of what we used to call the cover-up um, and that later got changed to let's say the truth embargo by mm. certain folks and um, and now people call it disclosure you know it's yeah it's all in the same movement we just want to know are we alone in this giant vast universe and yeah is there evidence that the government has tried to keep that answer from us? Yeah. But um, definitely, uh, you know, I, I, I think the San Diego event, it, it, it could be just flares, but, you know, they said the same thing about the Phoenix Lights. That's the right. Phoenix Lights were supposedly in, in 1997. That was supposed to be just a military exercise, and they dropped flares over uh, Phoenix, you know, in Arizona. But it's probably a total cover-up because yeah. people recognize thousands, if not hundreds and hundreds of people, uh, saw this craft, massive craft, that they – sometimes could see covering the stars as it passed overhead mm. they said it was like the size of two football fields yet you know you have uh fife symington the governor at the time coming forward and saying it was nothing and then recanting that and saying i was wrong for doing that i saw it myself this was real yeah um so it couldn't it wasn't flares to those that are educated on the, the phenomenon and educated on the event, that wasn't flares. San Diego, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was actually some kind of UFO activity. 
Yeah, it's so interesting, and I guess we'll probably know more or know less in the coming days and the coming weeks. And as these mass sightings continue to occur, not just in the United States, but but globally, right? And it's so fascinating to me that that relationship we have with the media, with uh, government officials, and with witnesses themselves, who despite what they're told by officials, right, whether it is truth or not, they're going, wait a minute, I, I, I really know what I saw. Like, this is different. It, it felt different. I know what a drone looks like. I know what a plane looks like. This felt different. I think there's, like, so much weight to that. And, listen, I think one of the things that I like about uh, the, the style of your filmmaking is you, you explore a lot those individual pursuits of these things and what could be the truth or what could be, you know, kind of the potential of, of, of something just beyond the status quo just beyond the norm. And I think that maybe that ties into crypto a little bit. So so I'll ask you a little bit about that. But, you know, after, after so many paranormal-centric films from your uh, studio, Occult Journeys, you've tackled crypto. And I have to think that the coverage of the phenomenon and its related conspiracies somehow led you here to crypto. Would I, would I be correct to that? Was there a trail that led here from those incidents? Yeah, I mean, crypto... Look, I'm interested in anything that's on the fringe, you know, and <laughs> and crypto has been on the fringe. Uh, yeah. Sasquatch, cryptids on the fringe, UFOs, uh, extraterrestrial contact on the fringe. So Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, uh, it really just it interested me because it's it's something that could change the world, I think. But um, we're we're right in the middle of a very turbulent time for the world. Um, yeah. You know, we're re really at the precipice of a great financial crisis, uh, very similar, but if not, maybe even worse than 2008. Mm, yeah. Um, people are reporting that we're in a recession now, or we we might be stepping right into a recession very soon, and. Um, I think it's kind of just the tip of the iceberg because I think if we go through this really turbulent, what JP Diamond from uh, JP Morgan says is a economic hurricane coming, when we come out of that, we might actually be using cryptocurrencies to pull ourselves out of the storm. You know? mm, how and, interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I got involved in this back in 2018. One of my uh, good friends who's actually featured in the documentary, this uh, kind of crypto hippie guy, has long hair, looks a bit like Jesus. Um, he basically started buying crypto, but he I remember him calling me one day and was like, hey, I'm about to buy this Bitcoin for $1,500. Should I do it? And I was like, no, do not. Do, do not do that. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> and he said, I'm doing it. So he does it. And, you know, from 2016 to 2000, the end of 2017, Bitcoin had a run up to $18,000, $19,000 US. Jeez. Yeah. And uh, he, he lost some money. Um, I think he also held on to a bunch of it and it recovered over the years. Um, but I really wanted to get involved with this world and find out more about it uh, in 2018 after it started crashing because mm -hmm. it was being reported like a lot in the news, at least the news that I was following. And uh, so I started recording. I started, you know, doing my sort of, rebel journalistic duty and uh i met with brian at this time brian was even starting to do cryptocurrency mining with um, graphics cards and stuff he had these big rigs with like five or six graphics cards connected to them and he was oh wow yeah he was mining uh, ethereum at the time which was probably like i don't know 140 bucks or something but hmm. that also you know, now is like a thousand dollars per Ethereum. Yeah. Wow. But, um, but really, you know, it, it started to wake me up to the sort of 
economic chaos that might be on the horizon. Um, because through studying cryptocurrency, you actually have to study the history of traditional currency. Right. And that's what I did in the documentary. I kind of broke it out into chapters and I make it like a book, you know, like a field guide. <laughs> so chapter one is, you know, a crash course. And what is blockchain? What is Bitcoin, which is like the king of all blockchain cryptocurrencies. And then we go into chapter two and we talk about the history of currency, like how we've been transacting and using money throughout the ages. Um, and it really, you know, it started really archaic, you know, trading things like sheep and cows or whatever for uh, other goods. And it evolved all the way to some form of money, like, you know, even leather money and coins. And then we get fiat, which is this paper money notes that are supposed to be a promise of a certain amount of wealth that's being held in your bank. And originally that was backed by gold. You know, the, the gold standard was dropped in the seventies by Nixon. They were trying to save um, the world's sort of trading reliance on gold because mm. the gold markets had crashed. Yeah. And, um, and fiat is really just a promise, you know, it's a, a promise that these federal reserve and these central bankers are not going to take advantage of the money supply and they're going to keep it valuable. Um, and there's things that do back that up, like the GDP of a country, the military, the perceived value of that country's currency has that all kind of accounted for. And the problem right now is that, you know, we've got skyrocketing debt that we've never seen before. Um, you know, we went from having $4.5 trillion in 2019 for the United States in their, their kind of debt to 9.5 trillion two years later. Hmm. So it just, it doesn't look good. Um, but cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, for example, uh, is a hopeful currency that maybe we would use on mass globally in the future because it's, scarce there's only 18 million of them uh, that will ever be available 90 percent of its total supply has been minted so we've only got 10 percent to go hmm. and it's a p2p it's a person-to-person -person tradable digital currency so you set up a digital wallet i set up a digital wallet and if we want to transact we transact directly to each other. We pay a small gas fee and we cut out the banks. We cut out all the middlemen that are transacting, maybe doing irresponsible stuff with our money, um, which is pretty much what we saw in 2008 when all the banks and insurance companies were crashing because right. they were. So this is a leveraged. modern, a modern version of trading the sheep. Of, of giving the sheep for a service in, in exactly. some sort of P2P world. Um, listen, I want to ask you more about your film, and I want to ask more about some of the solutions that you think, you know, that, that crypto presents to, to world problems that are out there. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you what 50 years from out of now looks like. Um, that we'll be talking to you about the Bitcoin field guide. But uh, taking a short break first here on Night Drift, I'm Jim Perry. Filmmaker Darcy Weir. It's about to get really strange on Night Drift right after this.
tonight. Jim Perry is taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW-5569. Cascades to the rest of the world. Lines are open. Call 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington, 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. You know, I'm always honest with you. I mean, you know me too well. You, you've probably listened to hundreds of hours of my voice. You might even know me better than I know myself. You know... When I get nervous, you know, when I'm kind of mad or feel awkward, you you know all of that stuff by now. <laughs> Somebody told me that that technical difficulty that I had at the start of the show was something called dirty pots. It's when the ports in your system get all clogged up with whatever dust and stuff. And I got so anxious because we were live on air. And I made up a story like, like, I'm getting cut off because I'm just telling too much truth. <laughs> and honestly, that felt way too Alex Jones for me. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm Jim Perry, and this is Night Drift. You can find us across social media, at Euphemet, and me, at It's Jim Perry. And if you're listening to this live, the radio broadcast of this show, and you want more, you can find all of this on the Euphemet podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, visit euphemet.com. And listen, I was recently a guest on a few podcasts. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, who has actually joined me here on KKNW in Seattle, as well as Guide to the Unknown. My old friends from back in the day, Chelsea Weber-Smith, also joins us on that episode. It's really funny we talk about pop culture and the paranormal it's really great you can find those wherever you listen to podcasts now we're back with filmmaker darcy weir and we're talking about crypto's role in helping shape our digital reality really in in modern day and in the future i think and about to get into some very high strangeness as well um th thanks for joining us here on night drift darcy you bet jim i'm really happy to be here yeah i hope you're ready for too much truth Let's do it. <laughs> Download so, the truth. Yes, yes. So, uh, listen, speaking of truth, I don't have any Bitcoin. In fact, I'm nervous around investments of any kind. Mm -hmm. I probably don't know enough about cryptocurrency. I know what, you know, my friends have told me and my one friend's husband who likes to corner me and, and, and start to <laughs> tell me about NFTs. 
uh, for way too long. So, uh, you know, I, I am not skeptical about them, but I also don't want any listeners to think that um, my reaction or agreeance or enthusiasm or lack thereof is any inclination of what they should do per mm-hmm. their actual investments or anything else. And you actually, in your film, you have a statement right up front that like, listen, watch this film, but it's not it, it's not financial advice. Can you explain to me a little bit about, as a documentary filmmaker, some of the complexities around, you know, uh, working with something like this, where there are like sort of real stakes, a, a different side of the fringe, if you will, and how you were able to consolidate your efforts as a documentary filmmaker into a vision that you felt, well, you felt good about, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, anytime I take on the challenge of telling a story, um, I want to deliver the story kind of as educational as possible, but also entertaining. Mm-hmm. And um, for this documentary, I, you know, which is very different from all the other stuff I did, I wanted people to get a very good sense of what cryptocurrency is all about, all the different types. Um NFTs, you know, all the stuff you talked about at the starting the show. And um, I just wanted to, you know, impart what I learned in this five-year journey, you know, uh, wrapped up the film at the starting of this year. So pretty much, yeah, it was just like trying to get this message across the audience that this is a real thing. You know, I'm sure you're... uh, your friend's uh, partner who corners you at a party or whatever to talk about NFTs, they're tr- they're trying to get that message across to you too. Like they're excited about this technology or this new thing mm-hmm. because they know that it's going to change how we do things. And I, I'd like yeah. to sort of, I guess I would relate what's happening in the cryptocurrency market right now to say the Napster days. Mm, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Like people were excited about getting music digitally back when Napster came out and it was illegal. Um, but that evolved to eventually everybody gets their music, their content through iTunes, they either pay for it there or they pay a monthly service like Spotify and they stream it. Yeah. And with cryptocurrency, we're kind of in the Wild West days and we're just moving over that precipice to this being a legit technology that people will use for all kinds of stuff. Like, I mean, I could talk for hours and I know we're going to talk about (laughs) more paranormal stuff soon, but I mean, there's video platforms that are going to be going blockchain, kind of like blockchain YouTubes. There's uh, transportation and logistics problems that we have around the world. You know, look at all the supply shortages that we have right now of food and, and all kinds of other stuff that's you know, participating in, in what's this inflation that's going on in the world. Right. Um, a solution to that is like a cryptocurrency called VeChain that allows companies to track and keep better quality control of their goods as they send it around the world. Oh, um, fascinating. And pretty much like this technology blockchain and cryptocurrency is just typical innovation. And whenever we have innovation of technology that's really going to hit the masses, it has to offer efficiency. And when it offers efficiency, it usually translates to value. Yeah. The market really kind of helps decide, right? Whether something like actually flies or not. Yep, exactly. And so, you know, there's a lot of hucksters out there. There's a lot of cryptocurrencies that are crashing. Um, There's exchanges that are shutting down and freezing people's funds and stuff. It's scary, right? But we have to go through these like really messed up and turbulent times in this, this cryptocurrency history in order to shake out all of the, you know, 
the riffraff and then yeah. we will rise above that and only the best will will come out of it and uh we're kind of we're going through that right now it's it's kind of like a dot-com bubble and yeah. um yeah I, I mean for the documentary i i just wanted to have fun so a lot of it has a bit of like comedic moments and I actually <laughs> hired a comedian to not only voiceover like the narrator is a full-time comedian well no he's a part-time comedian and then let's be I, honest anyone who stands they're always a full-time comedian though be oh yeah he, like, you can't shut that <laughs> shut this guy down he's always gone um and then I actually had another comedian hired another comedian that just like does comedy skits like in each chapter while we're explaining stuff and like oh that's awesome that keeps it light and you know people aren't just like getting deluged by you know kind of boring financial or or uh, crypto information well what's really interesting about crypto to me is i th i think the opportunity for it to start to reveal itself is when normal people and other people outside of sort of the crypto sphere, right? I mean, like it has this uh, reputation right now for, for, for being attached to definitely tech culture, but also sort of bro culture in a way that I think it's just now starting to remove itself from. I think NFTs are an inclination of that or an indication of that. For example, I think the creative class and content creators like, like you and me, we're starting to see how, how it can shape the, the, the future of how people can make a living off the work they do. I mean, we're talking about things like microtransactions happening through blockchain for podcasts and radio broadcasts, etc. It's a really such a fascinating time. Uh, and I'm and I'm wondering when we look at where we're at now and considering, you know, you know, these things uh, solidify we shake out some of the madness that's going on right when you look ahead what is our relationship with blockchain with crypto with transactional currency how does how does that look in say like 50 years out what 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 future are we living in you think yeah i think every major country in the world is going to have a stable coin a blockchain stable coin that runs their economy um, for example, in China, they're like moments away from launching their digital yuan. It's a, mm. it's a CBDC, a central bank digital currency. Mm. Um, I don't think I would want to be using that currency because China is a little bit too big brother for me. Uh, they track everything that their citizens do, but, um, the United States is looking at USDC, which, uh, um, you know, was started by a company called Circle that, you know, not a lot of people know, but Warren Buffett is kind of behind that too. Um, so that most likely will be a stable coin that we will use, which trades one for one to the US dollar. Hmm. But um, I think people are going to be what well, we live in a digital world more more than ever, right. And um, I think people are going to people that are naysayers of blockchain and just don't get it at all before they know it, they're going to be using an app on their phone and they're going to be transacting in blockchain um, within the next five years, I'd say. And mm -hmm. then 50 years out, I mean, who knows? It, it could be, you know, blockchain could be running the spaceships that are sending Elon Musk's first settlers to Mars. I mean, about right. Yeah, it, it's just it it has a lot of application and Ethereum is one of the major blockchain cryptocurrencies out there. It you can look at that as kind of like this platform like iOS or you know Microsoft's Windows or Android, but for the blockchain world, all these developers now are building on the Ethereum network. And that's because it's a new decentralized sort of world computer network. Um, and you can do gaming there. You can transact with NFTs and, and be a content, content creator. And, you know, pretty soon we're going to have this metaverse, um, which is, I don't know if it's going to go the way of 
you know, uh, Bruce Willis's surrogates film, or I think that's, uh, is that an Isaac Asimov film? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's going to go that way that we're going to be like living in VR pods and running around the planet in these like robotic, uh, suits, but, um, I think metaverse is going to be a way that we're so plugged into a network, um, that, we literally can work there. And that's, right, right. that's what, um, that's what Mark Zuckerberg wants. He's even openly admitted it recently that he sees, you know, a billion people living online in his metaverse, um, socializing, having fun and working like running their day-to-day -day business there. You could so be, wild. yeah, you could be running a podcast in the future through, a metaverse platform uh, with your avatar and you know a, a whole bunch of people tuning in with their avatars. So listen, dude, I don't even know what the difference is right now from that. You know what I mean? Like it seems like I'm already there. So of course, like I'm just gonna be in the metaverse with all the other geeks out there trying to run podcasts. You know? Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. It it's so interesting because it does seem like uh, in terms of its relationship to our work and lifestyle in the future, if we are in the metaverse, if a virtual reality of sorts exists, whether it's dystopian or not, it mm -hmm. seems like this is within blockchain and crypto kind of that currency that can engage in both that world and 3D reality, right? Yeah. Like the thing that like crosses that boundary with us. It's uh, It's so strange. Listen, I do think that we kind of make we kind of think up and make the future we're going to live, right? Yeah. There's been this like really interesting conversation going on in sort of the cyberpunk community. Mm -hmm. And it is, listen, do we really want to live in a cyberpunk future? And you have these inventors, uh, academics, architects, technologists that are starting to really consider like, wait a minute, are, are we making that future ourselves because we love the aesthetic? We love that style. Do we, but do we really want to live there or do we yeah. want to envision a better future? And I think like it seems like that's where we're at with cryptocurrency right now. Mm -hmm. We're trying to envision what that better future could be with something like that, even if right now it's kind of scary and it's weird and it's being used, you know, by shady individuals, right? Yeah. But it th that's not what its future should look like, right? And that's not the intent and purpose. It's not. I mean, like, Bitcoin is a very, like, altruistic cryptocurrency because it's more fair than the current money system. Um, it's expensive, but people that were early adopters, you know, they reap the benefits of most sort of, like, technological innovations. Um, but, you know, it, it's decentralized. And it can't be manipulated by banks or governments. It's run by a community. Anybody who owns it or runs the network by mining and uh, facilitating the network's security, they are reaping those benefits. They're, they're contributing to uh, the goodness of that network continuing on. And it's constantly being upgraded. You know, like um, they have the lightning network coming out to make transactions super, super, super cheap. So it's like cheaper than transacting with your bank. If you want to send money from here to there, um, it's actually not a scary thing. And, and I think the documentary that I just released the Bitcoin field guide is to try to impart that sort of feeling to people that yeah. this is not daunting. It's not scary. It's actually um, something that's kind of cool that's been innovated and uh you know you have to be careful obviously because there's hucksters out there there's people that could take your money and and your wealth whatever that may be um but it's it's a new digital world you know it's a new people call it internet 3.0 and um we've lived through inter, internet 1.0 which is run by the big sort of internet.com 
companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Google, like they own that internet 1.0, but in a decentralized internet, we own that. Um, the cool thing there is that there's going to be opportunity for you to make money on your data instead of you logging into Facebook or logging into, you know, your computer and surfing Google. And every time you're doing activities here, all that data that you're producing is being sold back, sold to the highest bidder. And then, um, you know, technically they could be manipulating you and pushing certain things to you based on your behavior. So, right. And people are seeing that all the time now. Yeah. Yeah. And in a decentralized, um, you know, internet 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever they want to call that in terms of blockchain, it is, you own your own data. You don't, you know, it's not like this opt in, um, internet legacy system where you say yes, when a pop-up comes up, it's like, literally, if you own your cryptocurrency or you own your metaverse avatar in the future, that can't be manipulated or that data can't be extracted unless you want something for it. So I think, mm. I think it's a hopeful future for sure. Yeah. Uh, my intent was to get into some weird stuff. We're Let's not going to have time for, we're not going to have time. I, there's okay. so many things <laughs> I got to ask you. I'm going to ask you about Dulce base and TR3B and all this stuff, but mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. will you, will you come back on the show to talk Absolutely. about some of these other films? Absolutely, okay. man. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll stick on what we're talking about right now. Cause it's fascinating, especially when we're talking about the future of these things, I think is, is so compelling. I guess I'm wondering what was one of the most surprising things that you learned while making the Bitcoin field guide? Well, yeah, I mean, once I started looking at the history of the traditional finance markets and, you know, where we are at with traditional currency right now, for example, the, the world reserve currency is the U S dollar. Um, that is kind of where I got a bit scared because uh, I kind of alluded to that at the starting of the show that we're, we're entering a really rocky sort of era for the U.S. dollar, just given these macro events, these sort of like worldwide events that are going to depreciate the value of it. Mm. Um, in You know, this is my humble opinion. I'm not like Warren Buffett or JP Diamond or something, but I will say, you know, you can do a little bit of research. You can watch this documentary. You can see that um, things are going to change. The dollar is not always going to be, well, the federal reserve currency was not always the U S dollar before that it was the British pound before that it was like this uh, Portuguese uh, currency. So, it changes and it usually lasts every like about 80 years. Mm. Um, so I think we're entering some weakness We're we're entering a time in history where the U S dollar is going, going to weaken. It's still going to be one of the best fiat currencies out there to own. But if you look at countries around the world, like, uh, recently Sri Lanka, just like their whole economy is destroyed and, the president has said like our dollar is done and you look at el salvador there they just adopted bitcoin as their one of their main currencies and um you know against the wishes of the federal reserve and mm. um this is <laughs> this is going to be a common theme i think you look at it, what's happening in ukraine russia is no longer allowed to take the u.s dollar but they're probably happy about that because it it makes them if they ally with china it makes them stronger as allies there to not take the u.s dollar but take this new maybe this chinese central bank digital currency um so i think wow. i think there's going to be problems ahead uh i think inflation is going to keep going and um, we kind of talked about this stagflation that might happen in the documentary. Stagflation is a unique environment where 
you've got inflation going crazy um, and you have a recession at the same time. So people are kind of like losing their jobs. Companies are, are trying to not spend as much and people are not trying to spend as much, but when they go to spend, it's really expensive. So well, it sounds like the future is, is right now, man, and we're adjusting to it and we're trying to figure it out and hopefully yeah. we just figure it out together. We have a minute left here, 30 seconds. Where can everyone find your work, Darcy? Uh, well, they can just check out my website, occultjourneys.com. Uh, my films are up there, posters, trailers, little description underneath each. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Thank you so much. And we'll have to have you back on. And thank you for listening to Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, KKNW, 1150 AM Seattle. Hear the show anytime on its podcast feed, wherever you listen to them. Go to euphomed.com for more and join us next Sunday. And until then, keep looking up. Follow Night Drift with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.